Welcome back. Junior Senior 2 Views has returned with another great show, I believe. It's uh, Saturday morning here, the 29th of July. It's somewhere else in other parts of the world. Somewhere else in other parts of the world? <laughs> somewhere else. Ah, come on, I'm riffing. <laughs> Moving on. Let's go. Thoughts on Messi's game-winning goal on debut for Inter-Miami. So, you know, Inter-Miami, we know, is an MLS team that struggled last season. Yeah. Struggled to have fans, struggled to have any kind of notoriety. And then they opened the war chest for Lionel Messi, which is probably, like, in my opinion, the last, like, the end of the road. You know, you got, you know, you had Beckham with the Galaxy, and now you have Messi he comes in and didn't come in for very long in his in his in his debut. Yeah, and kicked a kicked a goal to win the game. Yeah, free kick. Uh, just just what Messi does. I mean, this is not a novelty. This is going to help the MLS significantly if they don't screw up their marketing because their marketing isn't great. Um, this is not a novelty like Beckham or Pele. Or Zlatan? Any, or no, yeah, not even Zlatan or Rooney or any of those guys. This is something different because it's messy, um, and it's he's going to a city which is, uh, by all accounts, pretty marketable for superstar athletes, mm-hmm. um, especially South American superstar athletes. Mm-hmm. And Inter Miami have already gone out and got his old Barca mate uh, Sergio Busquets, and they're rumored for Jordi Alba. And Luis Suarez, so they are just they they found the infinite money glitch, and they are they're building a team that's probably going to, um, if they get all of those guys, win the MLS, but like probably win the win the the supporters shield, mm-hmm. and then win the cup the MLS Cup. Okay, well, I mean, I I think it's interesting. I, I you know, it's one superstar who's going to recruit other superstars. You had LeBron there in the first game, and the ownership's interesting too because you have Beckham, who's part owner of the team, so and then the, and a lot of the, influence there. And then the majority owner is uh, Jorge Mas, right? So I mean, you know, for for this franchise to score someone like Messi, who's still you know at 35, 36 years old, still can play, uh, can draw more interest, can draw more ratings, can put bums in seats because that yeah. stadium's not very big. But it's nineteen thousand seat stadium, yeah. but that's perfect for soccer. Uh, the prices, I'm sure, have gone up through the roof as far as oh, ticketing, yeah. merchandising, you name it. So that's good for Inter Miami. I mean, I, yeah. I think whether or not that's going to be sustainable, can he can he sustain it? Can he stay on the field? Can he recruit other guys to make them a better team in the MLS franchise state of it? We'll yeah. see what happens. All right, moving on. You got okay? Yes, uh, Women's World Cup. Australia in trouble? No. Yep. Very much so. Uh, they started off well with a win against Ireland, uh, but two nights ago they took a bad L against Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria played really well. They were uh, they, they did they they played so well. Um, but Australia had a lot of chances, but they just weren't clinical. And Nigeria just outpaced them. Honestly, down the flanks, Nigeria were just better. Uh, they Australia just cannot figure out how to break down a low block. They struggled with that against Ireland, and they struggled even more with that against uh, against Nigeria. So uh, they're currently uh, well. We know Ireland's out, so now it comes down to the final game. Uh, it's must win for Australia. Yeah, if, they have yeah, to win. They, they have to win. If they don't win against Canada, 
They they That's can't it. even they can't even tie. They no, have to they have win. to win. They have to win. Well, if they draw though, then no, someone no, no, else no, has no, to no. No, uh, because here's the thing. Yes, if they if they draw, it's possible that they could uh, leapfrog Ireland via goal difference if they get uh, a goal or two or by another tiebreaker. If Ireland somehow beats by two Nigeria by two goals, right. I don't but think so. Nigeria are already through, right? So they're most likely going to play. Uh, Play their backups, yeah, so, more than likely against um, Ireland. So yeah, I Nigeria think, already out. No, right. um, Ireland already right. out. So we saw the first game. We saw how you know the Matildas did struggle with. They had some scoring chances, but they're obviously missing Sam Kerr. There's no word about then, whether or not she's going to be back. And then the backup, Mary Fowler, got injured for the game before the game against Nigeria, so she couldn't play. They were missing that direct striker right. to really get their attack going, and it really showed against Nigeria. Okay, so you have also some criticisms towards the coach uh, by not subbing at, at appropriate times. He subbed at like the 80th yeah, it was so that was the, a bit, the substitutions yeah. were really just mishandled and not well placed at all. They weren't yeah. placed well at all. I mean, watching the highlights, Nigeria deserves it because Nigeria didn't give the Matildas a chance to breathe. They were all over the field. They kept attacking. Uh, so you know, right now it's do or die. They're the hope. They're the host nation. So it's going to be you know they have to sort of meet the moment and, and win the next game. Oh, they have to. So, if they don't win against Canada, uh, it's not going to look good. Yeah. It's not going to look good for um, the Matildas and their program. Um, it, and we and unfairly, I think there's going to be a lot more pressure placed upon them if there were to be uh, a men's World Cup hosted here hmm. for the Socceroos. Unfortunately, um, is that a case of uh, the women's game being treated differently? I think so. But um, by all accounts, they've got to win. Against they have Canada. to win. That's it. Just win yeah. or go home. Okay. Moving on. Your next question for me: Win or stay home? Yes. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's Kylian Mbappe's offer from Al Hilal actually mean? It means that the Saudis are now deciding to move on from golf. It tells me that the Saudis the Saudis have been moving on from I, golf. Hear me out. The Saudis have we know that they're moving into a different area now. Now they're gonna they have money to burn, and you know reportedly Kylian Mbappe you know doesn't doesn't want it and didn't look at it, which I think is complete crap. Because that's a lot of money on the table. Next to Messi, right now, he is the next guard up for that's, Messi. That's so. not Mbappe's goal, though. He wants to go to Real Madrid. It's an open secret that he wants to play for Real. In the past, he said he wants to play for Real. As a 14-year-old, he went to Real's um, academy and met Ronaldo and said, as he walked out, one day I want to walk back in here as a top player. Okay, And he... Um, Florentino Perez has been chasing him aggressively for years. Mm. Years. So they want... Um, Mbappe, by all accounts, wants to be a galactical. Um, but the thing f- with, for the Saudi league... Um, recently, the four biggest clubs, uh, including Al-Hilal, one of them was Al-Itihad, another one was Ronaldo's current club, al Nasser. Um, and another club were all purchased by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which is owned by the Crown Prince. That, make no mistake, they don't care about building their football league. They care about sport washing. Yeah, but they well, care. No, listen, oh. they they care about sport washing. They they do. They did the same thing with Live Golf. Okay. They're doing the same thing here with buying guys like Benzema, okay. uh, Jordan Henderson. 
uh, N'Golo Kante, even Ronaldo, it's sport washing. Either way, if you have the money to give to Kylian Mbappe for one season, what, if you're Kylian Mbappe, you're not looking at that money going, it's only one year. He wants to play, That's it. He wants to play for Real. He and he wants, could. He wants, to play for, he wants to win a Champions League. And he could. He can't win a Champions League with, with uh, Al-Hilal. Yeah, but... It's it's money. They can play it for a year and then go to get go to Real Madrid. Who cares? It's no. one year. It's one year. They're saying, give us one year. You give us one year. You recruit some more guys. Then you're free to walk to wherever you want to go. That's money. You go turn your you're the you're the the best player in in in, in soccer right now. The best player, and you're not looking at that money thinking mm, it's only a year. What's what's a year matter? I don't know. He we'll doesn't see. want to. He's he wants money to talks. Go, he wants we'll to see. go to Real. Okay. Right, moving on. Uh. Okay with the eventual re- reappointment of Rob Manfred. I am. I, I don't. I, I'm i okay with it because I think he's done. He He's created the situation where, hang on, I see you getting all worked up. Let me say my piece. Okay? Thank you. I see, you don't see it here, folks, but next door to me, on my left side, someone's huffing and puffing and going to blow, 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 blow the house down. So I'm okay with it. Baseball doesn't want change. And baseball itself wants stability in the commissioner role. Okay? We'll go back to a couple years ago where there was a, the strike was looming. It was at the 11th hour. They worked out a, they worked out an agreement. The players went back to work. Then he did the changes with getting rid of the shift and reducing the times and creating the clock. Those things have changed the game remarkably. And no one can turn around and say that was a bad idea because it needed a change. And he went with that. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Now, you can, you can also talk about what's going to happen with Oakland and that's going to be a bad thing. And that's something he can't control because at the end of the day, it's the owners, it's the owners who control the team. I think, he'll, I think the reappointment's fine with me. I don't think that baseball does not want constant movement a revolving door of commissioners i agree with the fact that they don't want change they don't um it, change will only be at the behest of their players which for all intents and purposes is their product the players are the product however i think manfred has been probably equally as bad as bud Selig. probably equally as bad not so, some of the decisions that Bud Selig made in his tenure were off, were really awful. Winner of the All Star Game gets home. Winner field. of the All Star Game gets home field. The uh, the disgusting things that went on with uh, the Expos, uh, the the amount of just franchises that were botched, the contraction plan. Okay. So on to like, Manfred. But Manfred, I think, has been probably equally as worse. Not worse, but equally as bad. The, the decisions he's made, uh, the way he hasn't implemented a salary floor to stop cheap teams like the A's from skin-flinting on their payroll, from sandbagging their fan base, from allowing uh, small market franchises to get by with just horrible, just horrible, horrible, horrible uh, payrolls has been a black mark on his legacy. Obviously, the Astros scandal will always will be there as well however there are decisions that i have agreed with that he has made for example the shift um i think the infield shift no actually i disagreed with that when i did well i did disagree with that um at the time and i but i do agree with the fact that they haven't gotten rid of the outfield shift um then the uh the pitch clock i did like that 
Um, I don't agree with the fact that they have not yet brought in an automated strike zone. That's coming. But the biggest thing that I have disagreed on is the Manfred rule, where they have started extra innings with a runner on second. I like it. No, it's a gimmick. I like it's a it. uh, it's it's a horrible, horrible, horrible rule. Like you it. it's you turn extras into a crapshoot. I like it. You turn stop that runner. Stop that runner from get 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 the job done and stop that runner from getting home. Yeah, I don't stop like the rule. Stop that runner. I think it's a, I think yeah, it's I think I, like it's, it. I didn't like the rule when it was implemented as a gimmick in 2020. I still don't like it now. Like it's it. a bad rule. It get rid of it. it they, but they're not going to cuz they re-signed it for until like 2029 or something. I like it. It's a it's a bad rule. I, I don't like, like it. All right. Moving Agree on. Agree to disagree. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, too soon to think that the Orioles are the team to beat going forward. I don't think so. I think they're. I think they're right now. I think the time for the Orioles is right now. Look at the amount of talent they have. Adley Rutschman is going to be their catcher for the next more uh, pl- decade plus. Uh, they've still got prospects coming through. Jackson Holiday is tearing up Double A as we speak. Uh, you've got uh, Gunnar Henderson. There, he's coming through. Uh, the amount their bullpen, Yenier Cano, plus Felix Batista. The starting pitching is a is a concern, but that can be fixed with time. Uh, you look at guys like Grayson Rodriguez, who have yet to return. I think he's going to be their their new Mike Messina. Uh, he will time will tell if he's as good as Moose or, or better. Uh, but I think they're going on the right path. And they could be a force in the AL for a long time to come. Mm. And they have the money. They're going to have the funds to spend on players. Right. Um, I don't think it's too far to say that they're the team beat to team to beat. Look, they're gonna, at this point, they have the best record. They leapfrogged Tampa Bay, who struggled in the sort of the, toward the end of the all toward the end of the first half, and then into the second half. They're not the same team. They have the youth. They've brought up youth in right times, and those pieces have worked out. Um, but all roads lead through to Houston. That's I, I don't see. I don't see that going. I think the Orioles making the playoffs, but then eventually you must play the defending world champions. And I just think even Houston, if Houston's Houston, had, even Houston, though Houston's had a spotty Houston season, struggled this it season. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Playoffs are a whole different beast. You wipe the slate clean to start a playoff, and I think all roads lead to Houston. I think they're. Yeah, I believe. I agree with you. They have a lot of talent across the board. They got good hitting. They got good catcher and Rutschman. They got good starting pitching. Uh, they are. They are the real deal because all the pieces have come at the right time. And you know, no longer are they going to be sort of the laughing stock, sort of the Orioles of you know the '90s that had all the you know good pay splurge and get veterans, and then sort of not have enough behind in the minor league system. They have a pretty good system, so I, I, I consider them to be sustainable. It, it, yeah. it, it just, it, it's so funny to me because 2019, we were looking at this team as an absolute dumpster fire. They gave up the most single-season home runs in MLB history. They were a trash fire. Gotta they start were, somewhere. And they tore it all down started and again. started from scratch. 2021, they had the worst record um, in franchise history. And they have come back strong, and they have rebuilt through their farm system, and they've done really well. So I'm hoping I, – I do want the Orioles to succeed because I think they're a, a, a good franchise, and I and that, that ballpark deserves a 
good franchise and a good playing franchise. I just hate what they did with the right field wall. It sucks. Okay. They All moved right. the right field wall back. Mm-hmm. Moving on here. Um, with the Mets trading David Robertson, are they still seen as buyers? No. They're no. not. I mean, you've, gotten, you've just gotten rid of your closer. That was the guy who was the most reliable, had an ERA a little over two, was sort of took over for Edwin Diaz after his season-ending injury. That, to me, was shots fired. That, to me, was the, the warning shot that the Mets are going to start selling. And I don't know how many pieces are going to get sold for the deadline. There's only a couple days left. But that, to me, tells me ushering in the idea that they're selling. They sold him for a couple of minor leaguers. So maybe this is a signal to me as a Met fan saying that they're going to start to bring in, start to build back up the, the minor league system, which has obviously uh, been decimated over the years. And it, it tells me that that's, that's it. Well, they've graduated most of their talent up. Francisco um, Alvarez is up. Beatty is up. Uh, Not Mauricio. Mauricio's still there. I don't know why. But they haven't graduated him as of yet. I, I, I don't doubt we'll be seeing him come September. Um, uh, Ventio is already up as well. Yes. Um, they do have Allen still in the system. Uh, but I don't, I don't blame them for doing this. The Mets are the season is basically lost. Verlander's picked it up finally. I don't see them trading Scherzer. I, I, I just don't. Well, unless he um, unless he waves his no trade clause, he's got a no yeah, trade I don't, clause. Yeah, I don't see them trading Scherzer. Um, the rest of the team, I think, stays. I, I think I, I don't see. Uh, maybe they, maybe Canna goes. Maybe. Uh, I can't see Vogelbach staying either. Well, you can see where teams are, right? Because you see the, the Dodgers are buyers, because the Dodgers just made moves. They picked up. They traded. Uh, Noah Syndergaard away to, to the Guardians and picked up their shortstop, who was a former Mets. Ahmed Rosario. Right. And then they, they, they got some picks off the off the uh, White Sox, including Lance Lynn. So the Dodgers are buyers, and the Mets, in my opinion, are selling. I don't know. The pieces well, will the, be small, the, but they're going to sell. The Robertson trade in particular, I think, honestly, I'm kind of happy with the return. For a guy like Robertson, a 38-year-old who is going to head to free agency uh, this winter. I like the return. They got um, high-risk, high-reward teenage prospects. Uh, so a lot of scouts are really, really surprised that the Mets came away with Vargas in particular, mm-hmm. who's slashed really well uh, in Class A. So I am happy with the return. It's a long-term invest- investment in the team. Um, look, it's it's a disappointing season. It's a waste of a season. Uh, and they will need to do some work in structurally. Uh, it's a it's a mess. They they it's they, a mess. they have to do work structurally. Does uh, does Epler stay after this year? Does Epler stay? Who does, knows? Who does Shaw Walter stay? At this point, you have to wait till the end of the season to find out. All right, all right. Moving on. Uh next question: Who's ready for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz? Oh dear Lord, again! I'd like for Nate Diaz to knock. Jake Paul out. That's what I would do. Okay, enough of this. I don't care. I would like I, to see Jake Paul get his head knocked who off. Who cares? Diaz is just showing up for a check. Well, who they cares? both are. We know they both are showing up for their check, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, Jake Paul, who he's fought 
Did he fight Mayweather? Okay, Logan or Jake? I don't know which Logan one fought. fought so Mayweather. I get confused between the polls. Lo- Logan fought Mayweather in an exhibition to a draw. And then um, I believe it was uh, Jake who fought uh, Tommy Fury oh, and lost Lord. in his last fight. All right, so let, let me – I mean, again, Nate Diaz is ex-UFC. I just I, – you know, I, it's, it's, it's fanciful. It, it, this is all about watching which guy is going to be more ready to fight. You know, Nate Diaz, he's had his fair share of fights, but it's a different discipline. He's going to have the box as opposed to, I think, if it was UFC – Jake Paul, he'd be finished. But you know, well, I, I know. think I think Diaz has got plenty of power in his hands. Of course, he's he does. Shown but it's a different ability. discipline. Now he has a box versus you know kick and and grapple and and takedowns. You know, that, I think that's what should happen. If Jake Paul really wants to impress people, take on Nate Diaz in his discipline. That's I what I would want to see. Honestly, not this. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares? No. Moving on. <laughs> who cares? Well, uh, next question. Too soon for Sean Payton to be yapping about Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets. This is just, it's recent. It just came on the news. Reportedly, you know, Sean Payton has made it very clear that, you know, the the Jets this season will be like the Broncos last season. You know, there was so much promise with Russell Wilson going over and the Broncos fell flat in their face. Um, I don't really care what the Jets do, but that's that's for a different story. But the fact that he sort of, Lighting up Nathaniel Hackett, saying he wasn't prepared, saying that the plays weren't coming through. So I think this is mind games uh, in the benefit of Russell Wilson, as if to say, it wasn't your fault that you had a career horrible season. It's this guy who's now on the other team. I'm looking forward to watching the game in November when the Jets are being hosted by the Broncos. That'll be interesting to see and see how that works out. I think this is all about mind games to give Russell Wilson a bit of a psychological edge. Sean Payton has always been a talker. He's always going to talk. Um, He's got a championship to back it up. However, uh, well, asterisk in my opinion with uh, the whole uh, Bounty Gate thing. Um, But uh, I don't necessarily think he's wrong. However, I think he is wrong in the fact that it wasn't Russell Wilson's fault. I think it was a mixture of both Nathaniel Hackett's incompetence and Russell Wilson just being awful as well. Um, both things did not help each other, um, but he's not wrong in the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is a horrible head coach. Some coaches hor- are just a, good coordinators. And no, he's a bad OC as well. Ask Jacksonville fans how that went. He's a bad OC as well. Okay, he's not a good uh, coach at the NFL level. Not a good coordinator at the NFL level. Some guys aren't made for the pros, like and your, I think Hackett is one of them. Like your boy. Like your boy, Matt Nagy. Oh, God. Your boy. Oh, God. Your friend. All oh, right. God. Whatever. Well, at least Nagy's more consistent than Hackett. Hackett <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing with clock management. Uh, okay. Moving on. Did the Giants win the chess match as Saquon Barkley has signed a deal through the franchise tag? It's not even a franchise tag. It's more a one-year deal with incentives that push it up to $11 million. I, yeah, I just think he took it because running backs are being comprehensively screwed Correct. over. Correct. Yeah. Not screwed over. They're just there's an overabundance of them. In I my just, opinion. Here's the thing though. There's a lot of factors that um, go over as to why um, running backs are not being paid. There's a good video by Urinating Tree. He made one uh, going over the different reasons as to why running backs That's aren't. A plug. Yeah. It's not plugging our show. No, but I'm going over. I'm going to be going over some of the points he made. Not one of them, many. one of them being the fact that uh, 
it's and a comment I saw in that video, which honestly is a nice parallel. It's like a three-point shot in basket. A pass is a three-point shot in basket in in foot in football, uh-huh. and a run is a two-point shot in basketball. It's higher risk for higher reward, uh-huh. and uh, quarterbacks are just seen as more valuable over running backs who, uh, by all accounts, have a shorter career span and are also benefited by the men up top on the offensive line. Speaking of offensive line, the Giants re-signed Andrew Thomas, okay. which I like. Right. But um, the whole Saquon thing, I wanted him to stay. Uh, I it, it sucks that all of this is happening to the running backs, but you know where this could have been prevented? The CBA. You, they the It passed by the thinnest of margins in 2020, but those guys who voted yes to it sold them out. They could have gotten rid of the franchise tag and get better compensation, but they they caved to the owner's demands so they wouldn't have to be tested for weed. That's that's what it really is. They could have gotten rid of the franchise tag and including the extra game that got put on the schedule, okay. which means more wear and tear on the body. Right. So, I mean, I think it was going to be inevitable. I, I believe that Saquon and his people would have looked at the idea of not playing. There was reports of him sort of holding out and waiting. But then, you know what? It's training camp. And I, you know what? There is a depth chart for running backs. And so if Saquon's not going to be there, the next guy who got drafted and the next guy who's not drafted will play, will work his tail off, will work through the preseason games, and eventually get some run. Whether it's a two-running back situation or a three-running back situation, there's always someone there to replace you. So I think he saw the tea leaves and said, you know what? I'll just take the extra million, 11 million, call it a day, and move on from there. Now, I, I mean, I, you know, there is a thing. The running backs are, you know, you know, they're they're an extinct friend, they're an extinct position. Just ask Dalvin Cook, who's looking around now. Just ask Zeke Elliott. No one's knocking on his door, and so that that is what it is right now when it comes to the running back position. I mean, uh, the running back is still valuable. It's still valuable at the NFL level. However, you don't need a bell cow anymore. You don't need that. You can have you can have someone like 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 a Christian McCaffrey who does a little bit of both, who can catch. Well, even see, he's so. like a premier running back. Right. Back. Um, but here's the thing with uh, like my main example is guys like uh, Tyler Algier and Isaiah Pacheco at the uh, on the Chiefs, Chiefs yeah. and on the Falcons respectively. <laughs> Um, even though the Falcons just drafted Bijan Robinson, which it does, I think Bijan could be really, really good, but up at ten is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just think the, it's a tough situation, and I do feel bad for the running backs that are without without work right now. They'll get but work sooner or later. It, it does suck for them, but running back by committee has been a lot more popular over the past seven, maybe even decade, mm-hmm. seven years, maybe even decade. Because of the short lifespan of running backs and the fact that uh, teams have diversified their playbooks to not just be completely run heavy, and the fact that the offensive line has been and the offensive line and quarterback has been valued a lot more, and even wide receivers. Okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Here, next thing over here. Did the Celtics overpay for Jalen Brown? Maybe initially. Um, it makes him the highest paid. Um, but if not them, someone else. That's kind of my motto. I if not them, someone else. If I, they didn't sign him, somebody else would. The contract looks looks ghastly. Um, 
I think a lot of it, a lot of the fee will be going to the idea that he can uh, unlock his um, his uh, and be a more well-rounded player and unlock his potential. Mm-hmm. It's going to the idea. Normally, contracts that go to the idea don't look great. It's uh, it doesn't look like a tradable contract. Um, it really doesn't. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't look like a great contract. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's really about seeing if Jalen Brown can really step up because in the playoffs he went missing, went missing this year. Well, Absolutely. he had twenty-two points during the playoffs. I mean, I don't. I know. I think there was points where it's obviously. I agree. There was points where he and Jason Tatum disappeared, but I think the fact that they looked at the resume saying the year before the Celtics. You know, played competitively, should have won that year against the Warriors and didn't. And he had a good, he had a good final series. But, Jay, but Tatum didn't. Tatum did not have a good finals. Right. But that's and that's the main quandary for me. The, what I've noticed with Tatum and Brown over the years is that they cannot coexist on the court. They can't. They're both ball dominant. Uh, neither of them is really a playmaker. So one is going to have to acquiesce. One is gonna have to be a playmaker more than a shooter and it's probably going to be brown because for all intents and purposes this is tatum's team right this is but, his I mean, franchise yeah but you know now you now but now you've paid jalen brown more money to stay on board so it's kind of yeah i mean yeah. what you have to make something out of this situation i don't blame i don't i i don't necessarily agree or disagree with re-signing Jalen Brown. They were damned if they did and damned if they didn't. But I just, I'm just not, I don't know. I, the contract is ghastly. It's really, really ghastly. Um, and they're going to be in tough cap situations for the next couple of years. They're going to have to draft wisely, well, really win, well. More like win now. They're going to have to win now and draft wisely to fill up their depth. Okay, uh, let's wrap up the show we have yep. some happy birthdays happy belated birthday Zeke Elliott we just mentioned him he's 28 years old yep currently unemployed uh, the Dallas Cowboys caught him towards the end of the season uh, and then they are now blame, going with bl- Tony Pollard who injured himself during the playoffs so blame, we'll see if he comes blame back. Jerry Jones for giving him that six year 90 million dollar contract <laughs> you can blame Jerry for that but I also think his production had been Declining. Of I mean, course, it, 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 of course, it, it, and that's that's exactly what we're talking about with the it, idea. Of it the was declining. Back. It was declining in year two of the deal. Right. Oh well. I mean, yeah. Moving okay. on. Happy birthday, uh, Bill Bradley. Uh, Eighty years old, Bill Bradley. Of course, uh, the one of the players that the Knicks had during their championship run in the early seventies, uh, along with Dave DeBusher. Uh, you had Walt Clyde Frazier, Phil Jackson, uh, others. How old were you uh, when the when the Knicks won a chip? One. Last time. One, one year old. Years old. One years old. But, you know, that's all right. One we're, we're, we're working towards something better. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Bill. 80 years old. Happy birthday to Max Scherzer, who turns 39 years old. Max Scherzer, who's been very inconsistent this season with the Mets. Play pitches well one game, gets shellacked the next game. His last outing wasn't great. He turns 39. Yeah. We'll see if he waves his no trade calls. We'll see if the Mets trade him. It wouldn't surprise me if he did get traded. He would definitely benefit a team that's contending, but we'll see. Maybe they don't. Maybe he stays. Happy birthday to him. And around this time, 16 years ago, David Beckham debuted for the LA Galaxy. We know that he did play for the Galaxy for about three years, I believe so, and two MLS Cups out of that. Well, they they rolled out the red carpet for him. Oh, yeah. Because he was the first sort of big name 
you know, to come in that, over to in the that, MLS. In that modern yeah, that, MLS yeah, era, exactly. you had yeah. Pele, uh, Beckenbauer, and Best back in the day. Yes. But moving on. Uh, recommendation for sports show, quarterback on Netflix. I've watched the first four and a half episodes. Very good. It chronicles the last season that just happened in the NFL. Uh, it chronicles, it, it covers Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. It just goes through their season and they're in on the field, off the field. I did uh, see, yeah. I did see a clip of that with uh, Mahomes discussing him and Max Crosby going at each other. Yeah, that, that was, was that, fun. That's pretty good. It gives you some insight into what actually they have to go through, what quarterback has to go through physically and mentally. So I recommend that show. And lastly, uh, around this time, uh, sorry, twenty-eight years ago, the Bills won their the Bulls won their sixth title. Uh, Would have been back in June, maybe. Remember yeah. that? Remember that? Jordan, the last shot. The push off, the push off, the left hand, the push off from Brian Russell. Push off, offensive foul, push off, and he made the shot. It wasn't a push off. Look, I think the Bulls would have won Game Seven because Game Seven would have gone back to Chicago. I think the push off, you can. It wasn't a push off. Push off, it wasn't. Push off, left hand. I think there are other things. There are other things you can blame in that game. From from an officiating standpoint, with the whole Brian, not the Brian Russell thing, the. Uh, the Ron Harper shot yeah. being after the uh, the buzzer mm. uh, that was counted, and mm-hmm. the Howard Isley shot being before the buzzer that mm. was discounted. Okay, yeah, that's right. what you can blame, mm-hmm. not the push off. Yeah, the push off, and, and that's the last championship the Bulls will win within a very long time because currently they stink and move on. Yeah, the last you. thing let's talk about uh, Pine Tar game. So forty years ago, the Kansas City Royals and New York Yankees played in the Bronx. And it was a home run by George Brett off, I believe, Goose Gossage. And this was controversy because Billy Martin wanted to look at George Brett's bat. The umpires took the bat, and the rule is Pine Tar could not pass a certain point on the bat itself. They measured it up, and then they looked at Brett in the dugout, and Brett was sitting with all his players. They said, you're out. And then he got out in the fantastic, good video to watch. He gets storms off the, storms onto the field yelling at the umpires. Long story short, they overruled it, and they played the last inning of the game about a month later, and the Royals won. So that was fantastic. That was iconic, the Pine Tar game. We're done. All right. That's it. We come from TikTok, <laughs> welcome, welcome, or any other platform. Any other platform. Uh, we do this thing once a week. Uh-huh. Next week, we're we'll have, have a special guest. Yep. We, we will, will have, have a special guest. Yep. I've, I've talked to this special guest, and he will be in with us talking nothing but sports. And... Uh, and spoiler alert, his uh, his delusion, shall we say, for his Jets fandom. But that's our show for this week. We'll see you next week. Ciao.